A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast chatting about stuff that matters, created and hosted by me, broadcaster Belle Crawford. Thank you so much for joining me. And on the show, it's a re-release of an episode you may not have heard before from our almost five-year catalogue. I promise I'll have new episodes for you soon, but it's a good chance for you to dive into eps you may have missed. And this one is with someone I know a lot of you love. You may follow her online, listen to her podcast as well, Abby Chatfield. You'll hear more about what we cover in this episode soon. Since we chatted, Abby's grown even more. She's been a TV presenter. She's done her own radio show as well. I actually, since we did this chat, went on her podcast too. I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can listen to that as well. Before we get into it, if you can please make sure that you're subscribed or following on your podcast app, hit follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now. Also follow us at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. All our links are in the show notes. And if you're enjoying listening, please take the time to leave us a quick five-star review and write us a kind comment. Let's get into it. Abby is an Australian reality TV star, podcast host, soon-to-be author and sex toy collaborator who was villainized and slut-shamed on The Bachelor and has changed the narrative and uses her platform to speak about important issues which we cover in this episode. We chat about feminism, the patriarchy and systems which still exist, modern day self-love, the accelerant rise of the female sexuality movement, trolls, relationships, attachment types, hi two anxious gals here, why a lot of people settle, therapy and how to not give a crap about what people think about you. So yeah, we chat about a lot and it was such a privilege to be able to have these conversations I crave having on this podcast. You can also watch video clips on our Instagram. It's at Self Love Club Podcast. Give us a follow and I'm at Belle Crawford. A heads up, there is a mention of abortion in this episode, not in detail, but it may be triggering for some listeners. I'll put details of where you can get help in the show notes. Right, let's get into it. Abby, welcome to the Self Love Club. Thank you so much for your time today. So excited to have a chat with you. Just absolutely love you, babe. <laughs> oh, thanks, Faye. Lovely to meet you, even if it is via Zoom. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, now, a lot of people in Australia obviously know all about you. For our Kiwi listeners, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do, because some people do know who you are, which is super exciting, but for anyone who maybe doesn't. Oh, my God. I mean, where does one start? Jesus Christ. I mean, so I was the runner-up on season seven of The Bachelor Australia. I was the villain. I was uh, hectically slut-shamed. I was a villain because before anyone thinks, oh, she's so mean. Mm. No, I was a villain because I was really horny. Um, And the girls <laughs> would just make up things like, she's really manipulative, but never explained what they meant by that. Like, there was never... 
there was ever a crux. And then I went on Bachelor in Paradise. And then I recently won I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, Australia. Do you have that in New Zealand? No, we didn't. I'm but a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. I consume a lot of, I could see a lot of it. So I, I was like so excited for you. Yeah, it was so cool because it shows like they aren't edited as much. So they can't make you out to be an arsehole mm. when you aren't one, you know? No, I'm not an I mean, I can be an arsehole. But I mean, so we, we won that one. And uh, I have a podcast called It's A Lot. And my main focus is like feminism and sex and sexual empowerment and inclusivity and and all that fun stuff that yeah. we should care about. So that's basically me in a nutshell, yeah. I guess. I find it hard to explain. It's so it hard, is. isn't it? Yeah. No, we're going to get through some of those things soon. Quickly before we do, take us back. Did you know growing up what you wanted to do? And how did you get interested in these things, I guess, which is so important? Oh my God. I mean, I wanted to be a dentist when I was growing up. So that isn't really like a line with what I'm doing now. Like my whole family are dentists and doctors and teachers. So I was like, I want to be like my grandma. So my grandma was a dentist. When I finished school, I did a degree of property economics, but I worked in hospitality for ages. But I think growing up, I had a single mother and she's amazing. She's iconic. People might know her from my Instagram if they know who I am. I like love I when, your mom's, when your mom's on there. I'm just, I'm here for the mom convo. She's great. She's so funny. I asked her this morning if she could come on my podcast and do advice. She's yeah. like, what would I have to say, for God's sake? And I was like, <laughs> mom, people are obsessed with you. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, you're a sick freak. Because she doesn't even have Instagram. Like, she doesn't know. Like, she doesn't have Facebook. She doesn't have Instagram. She has nothing. Yeah. So she's like, oh, Oh, they won't care what I have to say. She raised my sister and I. Like, I've got, like, one male in my entire extended family, except for my cousin, like, one adult male, my uncle Robbie, and then my my grandpa died when I was young. So, basically, I was raised with all women, basically. So, I think that's kind of created a good foundation, like, Mm. building block for, like, my feminist values. And it's it wasn't ever presented as feminism. It was just presented as normal, like, normal life. Like, you know, like, even things that I didn't realise people uh, do still, like, like, the men like the women cook and clean at Christmas, like the men do the barbecue and women clean. But that's just never been even like remotely a thing for my family. Like, so I, so when people start telling about those things, I have a very uh, aggressive reaction. Um, <laughs> so I think that, and then going to an all-girls school as well, going to a Catholic all-girls school, and then getting out and working in male-dominated industries and being regularly told, like literally like blatantly told, you cannot be a manager of this bar because you're a woman. Like, like literally blatantly told that. Uh, then similarly, at my old job in my interview, they said you can't do sales because you're a woman. Like, like, like when people say, when people say these things happen, no, no man ever believes me when I say this, that I was told to my face. And I'm like, in two industries, I was told blatantly that I can't do things. And, you know, I think being in a male-dominated industry, uh, particularly one as extreme as commercial real estate, made me very angry and very fiery at all the microaggressions that would happen every day. And then when I got my uh, platform and I was so ashamed, I was like, wrong, bitch. I was like, <laughs> I was like everyone's like, how did you find the strength to talk back? And I'm like, I literally have been doing this at work even at school since I was like 15 like it wasn't like I had to find strength I was like I can't wait till I'm allowed to take over my Instagram again mm. and comment shit and and write articles about this and do a podcast about this yeah it's I think it's just uh all an amalgamation of things like having such a female-centered childhood and then a male-dominated adulthood that contrast yeah creates me being very uh vocal yeah. uh, to put it 
kindly. I guess people might say, like, how they might ask you, like, how have you found your voice? Well, it's quite clear you found your voice through your lived experiences and you're passionate about these things. But I just get really mad that this stuff still exists. And you, like you say, mm. these comments get made to women and marginalised people all the time. How do you keep going without just getting so fucked off, to be completely honest? Because it makes me really mad the more I learn about it. Oh, babe, I get I get so fucked off. I mean, I go to therapy once a week and honestly, like every couple of sessions has spent me being like angry about all this different shit because in my very lucky position, people also send me things that are happening in the world. So I'm very lucky that my followers will be like, you'd be interested in this, which I love. Um, but that means that I'm across almost everything that's happening that's bad for women or minorities mm. or the LGBT community. Or I'm generally, I'm kind of aware of things without even seeking it out. So if I want to have a day off, you know what? Sometimes you're like, I just want to turn off the news. Like everything is so bad all the time. I then get a DM and like, I love it because I'm interested in this stuff and I'm passionate about it. So it's not negative thing but it's just I'm very very aware and I do get fucked off about it a lot but I think recently I've, I've started to learn to just focus on things that I can change and I can you know be there for material change uh, speaking about things on my podcast that I think that week have relevance and kind of taking into bite-sized pieces mm. rather than being like I have to fix the entire world because I simply can't mm. and I, I think that responsibility I felt was on my shoulders after The Bachelor because everyone was like she's the she's like so aware for a Bachelor contestant which I love I was like yeah this is what I am passionate about and care about. But it was like I was the only one in, in a reality TV that spoke about things except people like Brooke Blurt and Boy. There were a few, mm. but no one really like would like take it to the extreme that I would. So I felt a lot of pressure, but now I'm like, nah, I've just got to do what I can do. Yeah. And then just, you know, not like, not f- focus too much on, on what I'm not able to do. That yeah. Makes sense. And you were, like you say, slut shamed on a nationwide mm. and then any other countries that had it, we had it on here, like a global level. You know, I love mm. how, I don't love that that happened to you. It makes me really freaking mad that that still happens. But I love how yeah. you turned it from that horrible negative to like using your platform now and sort of using that for good because I mean if people will be like oh what is the patriarchy I mean hello that is the patriarchy what <laughs> happened to you you know being used like that mm. so how mm. did you navigate that time and then obviously it's a process but turning it into I guess good and, and bringing about some change it's interesting I've been asked before like did I hire <laughs> makes me laugh did I hire like a PR a publicist to help me and I was like no I just wrote articles and was very vocal about mm. how fucked up the whole uh portrayal of me was and hence the mistreatment of of, of myself was I think the way that I I went about it was I kind of was thinking because it felt like at the time and looking back this probably wasn't the case because I have a lot of dms from people now being like I've loved you since the bachelor but they you know when you love someone you don't really dm them if you hate someone you do not that you and I would either probably do either of those things but if like hate is stronger than love I think Mm. when it comes to reviews and when it comes to criticism and online shaming and trolling so when every every message you're getting is saying that you're the worst person you feel like all of Australia hates you Mm. so I was like oh fuck like everyone hates me anyway I mean so just fucking talk about what I want to talk about so I think that I'm very 
I don't want to say I'm lucky for the edit that I got or lucky that the girls were awful to me in the house, but I'm very, I guess in hindsight, it worked out well and it happened. I'm glad it happened to me because I was able to change narratives and change minds because I have have the, I guess, interest and the passion and the background that I do to be able to talk about these things in a way that would change people's minds. I mean, even my abortion was like like a something that I spoke about, not mm. because I was like, I feel like it's time. I was like, everyone hates me anyway. When I had my abortion, I hadn't heard of anyone in the Australian media ever having abortion in, from, in my knowledge. Mm. Uh, so I just did like an eight minute video about it and was like, this is what happened when I had my abortion. It was shit, blah, 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 blah. And it wasn't because I was trying to change my narrative, you know, it was because I was like, everyone already fucking hates me. Yeah. And I would really love if I had someone that was like young like this, because I was 23 at the time, that was like young like this talking about this stuff. So it was weird. It was, it was kind of like everything just like fell into like into place because I was hated so much that I didn't have that barrier of I keeping up an image. And I think that's the issue for a lot of people off reality TV is they're keeping up their good edit mm. in real life. And that stops them from speaking about what they want to speak about or things they're passionate about, or they kind of sit on the fence about issues when I know them personally and they're as mad as I am, but they're too scared to say anything in case their management get mad at them. And yeah. Yeah. No, I so know what you mean. Cause I find that I think I find Instagram and like social media, such a judgy place. That's why I love podcast it feels like more of a safe space where you can actually have these conversations in depth whereas on Instagram I think a lot of us and it's something I'm still working on and I think we're scared to say things because people judge you but then that's just overthinking in your head as well like how do you not give a fuck Oh, I know. And the thing is as well, like with podcasting, it's it's a one-way conversation. With Instagram, people comment, people reply to your story. So with podcasting, I'm like, this is what I think. And if you don't agree, then like, okay, skip forward. Don't like, listen, yeah. On, yeah, don't listen. Whereas on Instagram, people feel the need to give their feedback, you know, about um how much of an awful person I am because I am, you know, selling a vibrator or whatever I'm doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or because I'm dancing in my bikinis and, you know. But I think, honestly, the, it's a few things. I mean, obviously, it's because whenever I've spoken out, I've gotten more and more love and support from the mm. public. And I think that I've been very lucky and that my following because of my polarizing, I don't know if it's polarizing. I mean, just like I'm outspoken, I guess. My followers on Instagram and podcast listeners really support me. And if I do something and I mess up, they'll be like, hey, babe, this was on because of X, Y, Z. And it's very like, yeah, it's very supportive. And I have a very engaged audience for what I do. And I think that's the benefit of not sitting on the fence. Because if you sit on the fence, then you speak out about a topic, half your following hates you and you get abused for it whereas I've consistently been like this is how I feel if you don't like it unfollow me yeah this is how I feel and then it slowly has changed from people who will follow me from the bachelor to people who follow me because they like me yeah I think as well I have a really supportive like I was saying before people don't do things because their management say that they shouldn't do it very regularly like anyone listening that isn't in media I mean I didn't know this before that people's management will not let them post things um but my management are honestly like they're like my best friends like I have called them every morning for an hour and a half and I'll be like I want to do an episode where I squirt and they'll be like (laughs) and they'll literally be like oh my god babe genius and I'm like (laughs) yeah yeah they do seem very cool (laughs) they're amazing like and they kind of make sure that as well any I don't know this this isn't very relatable this chat but I feel like it's important to talk about because my my workplace supports me yeah no exactly and you know what I mean no it is relatable because you're by having these conversations you're giving people who have never had a voice or a platform talk about these things a place where Mm. they feel like they belong it helps marginalize or communities that have never been represented on mainstream 
mainstream media, but you're giving those people a voice and a platform to talk about these things, whereas before they might have been like, oh, no one talks about that, so I'm weird. So even by talking about things which are very sensitive, like your abortion, as heavy as that is and so personal for people, you're making other people feel oh, she had one, so that's okay. Because, yeah, you're right, no one comes out and says, I had one in a public space, mm. do they? Because, I mean, they don't have to, but... Yeah, there are taboo topics people won't touch. I, I do think it's because a lot of people, particularly in Australian media, and you would know New Zealand as well, it's mm. quite small. Like, we're not the US where there are millions of people that are TV hosts. Like, I don't know if New Zealand's the same, but Australia, I would say, is dominated by, like, 15 to 20 people. Like, mm. they host everything, they yeah. guest and everything. Like, that's here, that's yeah. like, good on them. Getting a bit over it, to be honest, because it's like, yeah, you know, me too. give I'm everyone bored. else a chance, like <laughs> diversity, please, and, you know, other talent. Some representation of some other mm. gender, some other, you know, I'd love to see a trans person in mainstream media, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'd love to see that. But these people have created careers on being safe in the middle, and that's fine if that's what they want to do, but then the prospect of changing that up and being being polarizing is so scary that they just won't do it whereas I think I did the right thing I don't want to say I'm lucky I did the right thing for me in starting off as being polarizing and then now I'm like well that's just who I am and yeah. if you don't like me you can literally unfollow me so and it isn't even like hard anymore like I was like about to say it's hard it's not to talk about my opinions because I'm just like I know what you mean hmm. I think when you start off doing something it's like I guess like it's like riding a bike eventually it just becomes like normal so it becomes like your default and, and it is it's you at the core of you anyway so so it's not like you're yeah. pre- not like you're pretending or playing an act or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not like sitting there planning no. my posts, being like I'm gonna trick them all. And also I feel like maybe <laughs> you're the same as me, where like I have these conversations and I speak this exact way with my girlfriends. Same. Anyway, like my like I feel like you're very if like if your friends are tally, like it's just like this is what we talk about anyway. Why not just do it on Instagram where yeah. I can help other people see that it's normal? Because some people may be the one person in their group thinking they only think this, but then the whole group is the one person thinking that you know yeah. then if they are like oh did you see abby chatfield's story yeah. or did you listen to that episode of that podcast like oh my god yeah wasn't that weird what do you think about that like <laughs> what's I going was, on have you heard those thoughts yeah you're so right i used to always find it so strange that people didn't have these conversations on a platform um and obviously mm. now podcasting and everything's sort of helping with that but yeah i just found it really mm. strange and when you are that person like yourself you can feel quite alone in a friendship group sometimes if other people aren't like that if you know what I mean I always felt like very like I didn't belong or anything because I thought these ways and like would think critically about things or get really angry about things you know (laughs) like you're the kooky one like oh she's the crazy one like when people like how do you become how you are because my girlfriends are all like me like I literally (laughs) one remember one time we like came to my house and we let out all my vibrators and we and we put them around (laughs) the group and we're like what do you think this and it's like pre anything like this is not like because I'm like the kooky sex one like my girlfriends are all very smart and amazing funny uh liberated women so i'm like i'm just talking like how i talk with my bitches like this is not wild to me yeah but it could be wild to other people so uh, i think it helps a lot of people which is nice what would be some advice you would give to other people if they i guess maybe they need to change up their group of friends if they're not surrounded Mm. by people that are supportive or like them i mean obviously we don't all have to be the same but you know i know a lot of girls who listen to this podcast and be like oh like how do i find people like me you know how how do how Mm. do you find people like you oh my god i was again so lucky i worked in hospitality and all my friends are from when I used 
to work at that bar. Like we went away recently, had a cocktail making competition. We're like, it's like we're back in the bar. Like <laughs> I'm super lucky. But I think I think the way to find friends that are like you is to actually vocalize your opinions. And I think a great way to do that is to use as like a sounding board podcast, like your podcast or my podcast. And be like, I heard this thing on this podcast <laughs> or this TikTok and said, and like, what do you guys think about this? And yeah. obviously, you know, everyone has to agree, like you said, but I think it's important to have discussions and critical discussions about topics and socio-political issues and also about their lives and analyze things now obviously people are a lot more supportive towards you now not that that's like the be all and end all to you but i mean it certainly helps doesn't it um but yeah. how do you like because your trolling is diabolical i see it i see what sometimes <laughs> the stuff you repost and i'm sure it was worse after the bachelor how do you deal with that because i know you're getting things like death threats which are just absolutely disgusting <laughs> like i'm sorry who sends those things it's so weird oh what is it's wrong with so people? weird isn't it it's so weird I mean I think now I you know I do post most of them and I'm like oh whatever but I think that the biggest thing that I like to do is repost people when they're saying things that are particularly sexist or Mm. like fat phobic or whatever they're saying that there could be a lesson learned in that so I'll repost my replies to try and like help people see how they could apply to people in their lives that speak like that I mean I had one last night that was like will you just die and I was like no babe got my antidepressants so I'm all good but like as well like like it's it's like shitty but things like that don't 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 really affect me anymore but I do get quite scared I still am quite scared I live alone and like I do when I go to sleep at night I double check the doors are locked I'm getting an extra lock on the door just because I have like I can't sleep some nights I'm scared someone's gonna come and kill me ever since the death threat I just feel like people do hate me come and kill me so like like I'm no Khloe Kardashian you know what I mean like I'm not Margot Robbie but someone could just like easily find where I live and easily come and you do have paparazzi in Sydney as well so the people are probably Mm. I hope they don't make it obvious to where you live that's really dangerous if they like pap you outside your house or something but in Brisbane there was a pap who used to follow me um literally from my house and he papped me one time the day before I got that death threat he papped me outside my house like like putting my fob against the key thing so you could see which key I used to get into the you know what I mean yeah no that's dangerous I was like that's fucked and then a couple of weeks then I got the death threat then I had to call the cops and whatever and then a couple of like months after that I posted a TikTok about it he like tried opened my car door the pat and I was like you can get you that's actually so fucking illegal like I will call the police you fucking so like they're a bit crazy in Brisbane but down here they're fine Um, but I know any anything that's like an attack on me is way easier to handle because during The Bachelor it was like things that I did not say or did not do like they were frankenbites so I know do you know what frankenbiting is? No. Okay so when you go on reality TV this is not tangent but I just want everyone to be educated on reality TV. Everyone says to you, you know, they can't they can't make you say anything you didn't say. They can uh, because they, t- they they use something called frankenbiting which is like singular words. So say if if I said like I went to the shops today, it'd be like I went to the shops today. Mm. It sounds like that where they've taken single words from sentences that you've been, when you've been filmed for three months, 10 hours a day, they can make any sentence they want, any sentence structure. So when it was frankenbiting that I was getting told for, or really bad editing, I was angry because I was like, I didn't do this and I can't, I can't blame on editing because no one believes you when you say editing because no one gets it. Um, But now when it's things that I actually do, like when I sell a vibrator, I'm like, <laughs> why are you mad, dude? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, why are you angry? Like, so it's a bit easier now, but yeah. it's still, it's still, it's still, Shit. There's no excuse for it, and I, I don't think people should use the thing. Oh, well, you just get used to it. You shouldn't get you shouldn't get used to it. No. Like you shouldn't. Still to come on the show, we chat about attachment types, realizations in dating, settling, self care, and advice. But first, a message from this week's sponsor. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I was going to talk about your collaboration. Well done. That's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. We were all Thanks, months, babe. We were like, what's she teasing? Why is she all gone orange? You know, what's going on here? I know. But yeah, well done. That's so cool. And I think it's so rad that you are normalizing something so normal, like self-love and, you know, in all mm. the ways. And for lots of different people as well, not just women, which I love. Is part- Talk us through that because I love that you're making it more inclusive as well. Yeah. So thanks, babe. Really exciting. So basically the, with the vibrator, when we first have these conversations with Bush, all the toys were like bright pink. And I was like, that's fine. Like, that's cute. But I want to make sure it's more inclusive for different genders. And while colors don't have genders, having a pink vibrator could create some gender dysphoria for someone who is trans or non-binary. Um, and also I wanted to see if, you know, men could use it as a prostate massager. <laughs> like I just wanted to see, so I didn't want to make it pink. So I just, didn't, I just thought we'll make it a neutral color. So we made it this like orange, which which I love. And um, I've had, you know, I've sent it to trans women. I've sent it to trans men, non-binary people. I've sent it to um, gay couples. I've sent it to, uh, you know, lesbian couples. I've sent it to just straight cis gals. Like I've tried to, when we were doing the PR list, I tried to make sure that it was, we had at least someone from each category that I could think of of gender or Mm. sexuality. Just so even if I didn't want to post about it, just so I could message them and say, did you like this? What did you, and did you like, and did you, not like you know so that wasn't a really important thing with a vibrator and that's why I was excited that it was insertable as well because you can use it if you have a if you have a hole you're fine (laughs) you know what I mean you don't have to have a clitoris to use it yeah 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 Yeah. you know yeah I've got a good feedback so far but I'm just so excited for it to be you know out there and and to be promoting sexuality and kind of bringing mainstream vibrators which which like isn't as well I think it's important to acknowledge that it isn't just me. I think when people are like, yes, our sexuality queen, but it's actually off the back of work of the LGBT community for the past 100 years, as well as sex workers since the beginning of time and normalizing that. So yeah. I'm just lucky that I can be a part of bringing it to mainstream, not not the main driver. Yeah, no, totally. I love that. And thank you for what you're doing. It's so important. It's really cool to see people like yourself. And I guess I've just noticed in even the last year or two years, how self-love, self-pleasuring sex toys has become so normalize it's like the modern day mm. self-care you know like even a couple of years ago if someone would approach you do a deal some people would be like oh I don't know if I want to post a photo of me holding a dilly you know what I mean um mm-hmm. you know it was even I was like, like that yeah After Bachelor, I was like oh I don't know you're like, oh, it's a bit nervous sh- about it but sh- like you're a bit like ashamed is shame around it which is so strange again mm. it's a taboo thing but it is really interesting to watch that shift in the last even year to two years and I'm wondering if like COVID has helped with that as well because like obviously you know you gotta you gotta get off somehow you know and like sales would have been going through the roof 
babe, but for sure. I think it did. I mean, I know I know that vibrator sales went through the roof then. I know that yeah. like even the posts that I was doing, I get sometimes I get stuff like on how many we've sold from the posts and there were many, many getting sold over COVID. I think it's interesting that that dynamic that's happened, that shift. I think it's great. I was speaking about it. I obviously posted my collab video and there was some dickhead guy who commented being like, just wait for me to promote fleshlights and see how much yeah, I shit that. I get until I become a great babe. No one's stopping you from doing that. Like I actually, one of my goals for this year was normalizing threesomes with friends and normalizing fleshlight. Luckily, and somehow female sexuality has been normalized faster than male sexuality. It's exponential growth. I feel like, mm. you know, five years ago, the female orgasm wasn't even spoken about. And now it's, you know, in mainstream media now, it's like the main thing. And then men have kind of been, cis men have kind of been left behind. Mm. I mean, up to them to catch up. Exactly, because they're creating patriarchal standards and forcing each other to adhere to those by giving their bros shit if they found a fleshlight in their room or something. Whereas women would go, oh, what's this? This new, you know what I mean? And it's like, hello, women have been oppressed for like thousands of years, so like, sorry about it. This is our time to shine, you know? Yeah, (laughs) sorry, babe, we've caught up. We started sprinting at the end. Like, we've really killed it. Like, yeah, you guys have been oppressing us forever (laughs) and I still get trolled and, you know, it's not my job to do that but I, I do want to see sex toys of, of for everyone included because it, because you know flashlights aren't mm. just for men they're also for women and like trans women and non-binary people so I think it's it's very interesting the way the world has changed very quickly but I'm grateful for yeah, it yeah no, I'm grateful th- for everyone's having more orgasms yeah well done and thank you for the work you're doing because I it's so so true like I feel like as women growing up as well because I mean I remember telling uh my gay housemate he didn't realize he's like so do girls not like orgasm every time and I was like nah babe trust me and it's like you devo right he didn't understand he didn't know Definitely. that and he's like god that sucks I was like like, yeah, I know. And like a lot of guys don't give a shit. You know, when you're a female, you just sort of get used to it. It's like, which you shouldn't get used to it. Like, hello, if you, you know, no pressure, but also it's pretty shit that you're getting off and I'm not, you know what I mean? So hello, if, exactly. you, get, if you can do it to yourself, like that's great. And it's it's safe. It's like, you know, empowering and, and you can do it yourself. You don't, you don't need to date strangers or, and if you want to do that, it's fine, but you can just do it for exactly. the safety of your own home. And yeah, like up your game, dudes that don't make you... You know, every time. Honestly, the amount of friends that I have that I'm like, oh, how was the sex? And they're like, yeah, it was really good. I'm like, how many times did you come? And they're like, I didn't come. And I'm like, so it was nightmare. So it yeah. was the worst sex of your life. And they're like, no, it was like he tried. And I'm like, nah, they didn't try hard like, No. I love you. I'm like, I didn't love you too, babe. That's the other thing. Mm. I hate that sex is like starts and ends with the male, with an erection. Yeah. If a straight hetero. It's so unfair. It's like, you're sex. finished. What about me? You know? Yeah. Like, okay, you got hard, so we started, and you stopped getting hard, so we stopped. Yeah. No thanks, babe. Like, yeah. So mm. many guys from conversations I've had and what we've been shown and, you know, movies and all mm. that stuff, it starts and ends with the guy. And then it's like mm. the girl's left to be like, cool. What? A- it, yeah, it is. And also, I think that's why masturbation is so important because then you know exactly what gets you off mm. and you can say like me being like okay uh, what I want right now is this and they can do it and if they're not going to do it then they're being really shit I think the hard thing is a lot of a lot of women don't know what they want therefore they don't know how to ask what they want but the way to find out what you want is through masturbation and exploration mm. of yourself you know yeah an intelligent woman I, I saw some stats ages ago that like it's a like sign of intelligence to masturbate smart oh, woman I masturbate mean, yeah you're like, duh. Like, I mean, hello. I mean, our brains must be the size of the <laughs> circumference of the earth, honestly. Yeah. Talking about self-love and self-care, how have you learned to love yourself and I guess take really good care of yourself? I mean, babe, 
I'm not really sure. I mean, again, I feel like I, I, I was talking to the Keep It Cleaner girls the other day and we were talking about like how when you get kind of older and it's so weird saying like, as you get older, kids, like I'm <laughs> yeah. fucking 25. Like, but I'm like, as you get older, I think you start to realise that A, there's no way you can change your head structure. Like you can't change your bone structure unless you get extreme plastic surgery. The way your body naturally is, is how it's going to be. So as kind of a way of being like, like not giving up at all, but leaning into how things are with me. Yeah. And like, and being like, fuck yeah. Like, like I have sick titties. Like I look great in like a tight top and a cute little skirt. Like knowing, knowing your strengths, you know, I also think that, you know, I, I've been in pretty badly emotionally abusive relationships in the past, uh, multiple, and I think that the therapy that I've had to do to counteract that has made me understand self-care and, and loving being by myself a lot more. And that, mm. that also goes into self-love and self-care, you know? Yeah, no, I so know what you mean. And I, I, I try to spread that message too about normalising therapy. And also, I think so many women and young girls too think they need to be in a relationship and they'll put up with mm. shit. And it's like, you actually don't need to do that and it's totally okay to be on your own like there's nothing wrong with it even though society shuns you for being single uh they do exactly. they, you get you're less than because you're not in a relationship it's like what's wrong with you you know and we talk about that stuff yeah. too but good on you for doing that as well because you do learn a lot about yourself in therapy don't you especially like when you've blamed yourself for situations which aren't your fault yeah definitely and I think as I think as well therapy is a, is a really great way to explore not only what you want but I think it's like when you were saying it's like you you're assumed like you need to be in a relationship I have always been not in a relationship but I've always like had someone to have a crush on or like been pursuing someone and I feel like that's kind of made kept me entertained almost but you know over this past year I was thinking last night like in the shower this is the most single I've been like as a year goes like consistently like not had sex not had anyone to sleep with because of COVID or because Mm. of whatever because of me being busy with work me moving states like and honestly the moments where I've been completely single and I have to not even like crushing on someone have been when I've been the happiest because I've had to oh I've been I've been allowed to and able to find the happiness within within myself Mm. and find out what I want to do and prioritize what I would like to do not worrying about if someone else is doing something wrong or if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm you know with the right person or if they can be better you know it's just Mm. like I'm just going along with things and seeing how we go you know yeah no I love that and so true you yeah so it's so important for people to embrace being single sometimes like you don't have to have someone Mm. all the time because you just don't you you're totally enough as you are yeah yeah and I think in fact you probably should have long periods not long periods but if you want to do long periods of being single so you can figure out what you actually want, not what you'll settle for. So I feel like I was dating previously, like, oh, this will do. And then I'm just going to fall in love with you and romanticize you and whatever. But now I'm like, what do I actually want? And there's been a few people lately that I've been dating. And one of my friends said this recently as well, that like short, like short-term dating, like, I mean, like going on like three dates or like sleeping with once or twice. And they're really good people. And I'm like, this won't be anything, but it's nice to think about those people in a way of what did I like about that person and and what standard should I now set for myself yeah. going forward, you know, rather yeah, than no, rather I... than being like, I don't know that person despite their flaws. I'm like, no, they, they have things I don't really like. Not going to work. 
but I do like this. Yeah, so no. I look out for that in the future. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I can kind of relate to you. I've dated some great guys, but also like some not good guys. Like, you know, we, we go for fuck boys, emotionally unavailable, you name it. We've had it, right? And it's a pattern. And so I've, I've had to work through it in therapy as well. Like, why am I tra- Why am I picking these people? And I, I will go to the um, anxious avoidance stuff because I love that you know about that because so many people don't. Like the, the, oh, the attachment types. We've discussed that with a therapist on the podcast. But anyway, what I wanted to mm-hmm. say is it's really good for people to experience normal relationships and like you say like you might date someone and I have and they haven't worked out it's good for you to experience normal dating rather than just someone who's just like a fuckboy and disappears on you all the time and then comes back in when it's not actually (sighs) that's not normal and so I yeah you're so right and another thing is I used to and I've gotten better at it because I just decided I didn't like being treated like shit anymore from dating fuckboys is like I'm sorry (laughs) like finally I I don't want this yeah it was like uh, yeah it was a few years ago now I just decided I stopped attracting them you pick those people because they're exciting right but then the nice guy seems boring but it's learning that the nice guy and boring isn't actually boring but it's hard to find that spark and I think a lot of girls can relate with that you know what I mean yeah and I think as well it's like in regards to the spark a lot of people do the opposite of dating dating people just for like the spark and they they settle and think oh he's a nice enough guy and it's fine and I have a few friends that have in the past been in long-term relationships and I've been like what do you actually like about this person mm. and not that they're treating them poorly or they're complete assholes I'm like I just don't see like I don't see this but like can you tell me what you like about them and the answer is always he treats me really well and I think that's back to this like settling like so I feel like a lot of people particularly women who are in heterosexual relationships are settling for either the spark and getting treated like shit or no spark and getting treated well but I think we owe it to ourselves and to mm. each other to keep finding people that we have both in like because yeah. it, it is possible it, it is really possible to have both of those things as someone who treats you well and also makes you excited you know yeah it's hard though isn't it man but mm. yeah you're so right oh <laughs> so hard, man. You're impossible. Yeah. I need, I need some help. No, I just no, think, no. Yeah, it's hard. But uh, also, you're so right. I think so many people settle. And then when they are, because I just refuse to settle. And I think you're the same. Like, But then like, I was like, I just don't get it. Like, you know, why don't you have a boyfriend? It's like, because I'm not settling. And, and I haven't met mm. the right person yet. And that's okay, you know? Exactly. And like, yeah, because it isn't about people not liking me. It's about me not liking them. Like, like as conceited yeah. as that sounds. No, I like, get it. I completely get it. It's the same for me. I'm just like, I just can't fake it. Sorry. Like, I, if I don't, if I'm not into you. I'm not into you. Yeah. And I think my mum is always saying like, you should go on more dates. And I'm like, but the people that ask me on dates, I'm like, not, I'm not excited by them when they ask me on a date. So why would I be excited about them after, you know, a nice ragu and a glass of wine? Probably not. <laughs> Like I'd rather as well. It's something that I've done in the past like couple of years is I spend a lot of time investing in my friendships rather than focusing on relationships. I'm like, I'd rather spend that time if I have emotional energy. And I'm sure you, maybe you like, do you like emotional energy as well? Because your job is to talk. So you're like, you get home and you're like, I just want to be alone and be quiet. Yeah, like, I need, that's how I I need feel. a lot of recharge time because it's like a lot of energy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So to go on a date is like the biggest amount of energy. And I'm like, I could spend less energy and get more back from spending yeah. time with my girlfriends or that's, me that's FaceTime big... my girlfriends. I told, oh my God, I've never heard someone say that before, but that's a big reason why I don't like going on lots of dates because it's exhausting. Like it's so draining mm. and then I'd rather. And spend... what are you back? Yeah, exactly. It's like not really much in it for me, which sounds so shit, but it's like well, when your time is, when you don't have a lot of spare time and then you want to spend it doing the things you want to do, right? Rather than like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard. And be with people that, be with people that you 
you want to spend time with that, that you maybe are neglecting because you're so busy. And I think I'd rather, you know, if I have four hours in the week, I'm going to give three of those to my girlfriends and, and one hour to myself. I'm not going to give two to a man and then have one for my girlfriends yeah. and one for me. Like, that's just not, that's just not how I want to, yeah. how I want to do that. I mean, unless they excite me, in which case I'm like, I'd love to go and then see if you treat me well as well. I think my prerequisite is excite me first and then we'll see how you treat me. Yeah, not yeah. like, may as well go because he's nice. Like, there are a lot of nice men in the world. Yeah, I completely are. agree. Mm. But do I But do I want to date just a nice guy because he treats me well? No, I can treat myself well and I'll have to worry about someone else. Totally. We'll touch over quickly the, because uh, I know you have anxiety as well, like a lot of people listening do. So learning about attachment types can be really helpful. So how has that helped you? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've been, I've found out about attachment types initially from Esther Perel. Do you listen to her podcast? Yeah. You read her book? Yeah. We love Esther Perel. I am anxiously attached, though I think I'm becoming more avoidant and I can't tell. I posted a story the other night being like, I'm not sure if I'm healing or I'm just becoming anxious avoidant, but that's a whole other thing for me to work at my therapist. Um, I think it's really important recognizing uh, my anxious attachment. I mean, I'm not the classic anxious attachment. Like I've never been controlling or like jealous or like I've never vocalized my anxieties. I just internalize them, which I think maybe yeah. is worse. I'm not like come home now with your no, boys. Neither. I would just be like, why I just is won't it? say anything. I'm just there. like silently and then but I'm like, but then that energetically comes across. You're sick. Yeah. Subconsciously they'll pick up on that vibe, even though you don't say anything. And like we're not yeah, I totally get it. I'm the same. I'm not the I don't say anything. I just like suffer in silence myself. Yes, and then and then I get upset by myself and like have and then have to go to sleep instead of going out with my friends. So I feel so sick. This person isn't texting me back, Aww. or you know. And I think part of my healing has been th- those short relationships that have been really good guys that I just haven't like clicked with, but yeah. they treated me well and replied to my texts. I-, I think that really helps. I think as well recognizing the attachment style, the person you're dating, because like when I date someone who I think is avoidant, I can understand their actions more. But also when I date someone who's secure, I almost like can study them. And be like, yeah. okay, how are you reacting to this? And how should I, like, is this how an old person would react? You know, because I yeah. always end up avoiding people. I'm sure you do yeah. as well. Probably. It's so annoying as well. Because mm. the thing with about avoidance is they're the ones that come on strong in the first place. I had this last year with someone I was dating. I'm anxious, right? But I wasn't like panicking or freaking out. I ended up stepping into the role of being the calmer or the person calming the other one down. But the anxious avoidant often will come in so strong, like guys often do. And I guess that it can be across genders and stuff, but you know, um, they come in really strong and then they're the ones that back off and you're like, dude, you're the one that came for me. I did not the other way around. Like, yeah, I wasn't chasing you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think the reason why a lot of cishet men are more avoidant is because men have been taught to not show their emotions. Women have been taught that they're you've got to grab onto one, you know, you've got you got to nag one. And men have been taught that there are endless options, there's endless time as well with a biological clock, yeah. and that they shouldn't show their emotions. So this combination of all these things, like women are emotional, quotation marks, and you have a time limit. You know, we need to make sure that we've got the right one. Just just settle for a nice guy. And men are taught that they can, you know, fuck around and and they can not show their emotions and they shouldn't cry and that creates this big divide between men and women that's why there's like clingy girlfriends and like fuck boys mm. you know I don't think it is overgeneralizing to say that because I think in a lot of experiences I'm sure you have a lot of girlfriends that have been through the same stuff that you have mm. with men right but yeah I think attachment styles are really interesting but I do worry sometimes that I think about mine too much and then I do do this as well and I'm like is this because I want this or is this because I'm anxious is this because I want this or am I becoming avoidant you know do I yeah, do I, I dislike this person or am I avoidant yeah you'll totally work it out but I think I just know if you know yourself really well if you're not into someone you just you know and also I think it's interesting 
healing, and I'm sure you'll work that one out about the healing. Maybe you're just, isn't it nice when you experience what other people might feel like that don't care so much? Maybe you're just not, like, you mm. don't give a shit so much about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Whereas when you're an yeah. anxious personality, you care about everything and it's so exhausting, you know? Whereas maybe you're yeah. just experiencing like, what other people feel like. I know. Isn't that weird? Like, for example, literally just then I got a text, like, like literally, like, I just checked my to catch up, 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 to catch up on. I'm in my own head a bit tonight. Do you mind if we rain check? Yeah, that's fine, babe. I'm like, I'm being that. Where's I being that? Where's I being that? Whereas I feel like me and like my anxious a year ago, be like, what have I done wrong? Yeah. What's up to me? Like, it's very like Jess Eva, who I'm a celebrity to get me out of here with. like wow what a securely attached person yeah, we love therefore it. i shouldn't freak out yeah you know what i mean like i don't care if you cancel just tell me and also ask me and be like you okay of course i'm okay what are some other ways that you look after your anxiety because a lot of us understand how relentless and, and horrible it can be so like you know how have you got through those really tough times with your anxiety oh my god i'm like i'm still trying to figure out hey like i'm on antidepressants which are going really well also like i don't know if this is good or bad but like i'll just go for a run and i know that's like for a run but like i don't know about you no, when you have anxiety yeah your nervous energy yeah. it's like it's it's just that you have too much energy like it isn't that i'm like i'm trying to run to like get out of my problems or think i'm like i just need to move lit off steam um yeah. yeah yeah but i think the biggest thing honestly is therapy and as well having one person that i can text when i'm feeling really anxious and like understands like my when my best friend's mum calls it, I'm feeling a bit wobbly, yeah. which is so cute. I love that. So I'll text my friends or the group chat, like, girls, I'm feeling a bit wobbly tonight. Like, can you tell me, like, what happened at work today or something so that I don't, I can think about something else, you know? Oh, I love but I'm that. still trying to figure out things, you know? Like, I don't I don't know. It's shit, particularly when you're in the public eye and, and you're super busy and everything's going on. You feel like you have so many responsibilities as well as getting, you know, told you should die. It's a bit hard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit Do, much. Does social media make your anxiety? worse does that make it worse or does it almost help talking about things on there because I just wonder how you handle that because I would I get anxious sometimes even about things I'll post on my story I just overthink it I'll be like oh, I shouldn't I shouldn't have posted that even though it's not even bad like I feel like sometimes we just get in our heads so much so how, how does that work for you yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that feeling as well. Like I'll be with a friend and I'll be like, I'll get one negative reply or something being like, this is disrespectful. And I'll be like, should I not have posted that? Like, am I fucked for posting that? Mm-hmm. Like what? It's a double-edged sword. I mean, it's bad because social media creates this endless loop of information you can take in and you can compare yourself to other people. But I think for me, it's good because when I post about anxiety or depression or whatever I'm feeling there will always be someone who will reply being like same and they'll be like this helped me so much but it helps me seeing their message as well you know what I mean it's like a two-way street with that like I'm very grateful people reply to me saying I feel this way as well when I'm anxious you aren't alone that's good as well I have like you know 250,000 people that I can be like anyone else feel like this and they're like yes me I love that you've created such a beautiful community just by being yourself Mm, yeah oh they're so sweet some of them are a bit crazy but they hate follow me so that's all right I oh mean, my god hate what is up with on... hate followers hey i just don't get it like oh. why or people you don't even follow and you go watch this shit like just go away and get a life you know Babe, people like there was a whole post in a facebook group about like, people who hate following me like i can't even hate follow her anymore good 
unfollow me then. Like, yeah. it's not like, like I'm I'm just being myself. If you don't like me, that's so fine. That's so mm. fine. Just unfollow me though. Like, I'm not sure what you're getting from this. I don't enjoy you looking at my content if you don't like it. Like, such a waste it, of people's energy. You know? Like, wouldn't you want to use that yeah. for something you like? I oh, just yeah, yeah don't exactly, exactly. Yeah. To wrap up a few things, um, what have been some of the biggest lessons or challenges along the way? I know it's a really heavy question to hit you with, but what have been some of the biggest things you've learned? As so cliche as this is like it's so cliche like the two biggest things are everything passes like everything dies down and I've had the worst baptism of fire into reality tv and it's all worked out for the absolute best and I think everything happens for a reason you can never tell at the time why that thing's happening not even in like a destiny like spiritual way just like like I look back and I am not happy but I'm okay with my edit because it's ended up that I can speak about the things that I want to speak about. And I think as well, that classic, very cliche thing of those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Mm. I would get DMs being like, your family must hate you. Your friends, you have must have no friends. And I'm like, no. So they know me for a decade. They're fine yeah. with who I am. And it's similar to now, like I was saying, like having polarizing views, people who don't like what I'm doing. Like when I posted my abortion video, I got like, I lost like 500 followers or something. And it's like, good, like see ya. Yeah. Like, like, like goodbye. So those, the two biggest things to be honest yeah no totally and knowing that I mean you've kind of answered it in a way but what are some advice you would tell younger Abby if you could do that oh honestly babe take a breath first and fucking foremost live my life like would love to remind her that everything will settle down everything will fall into place as it's supposed to and um I think also trying to enjoy actual moments for what they are rather than figuring out how I'm going to get to the next place you know Totally. And what about advice you would like to share with those listening who want to live a rad life and speak their truth like you do? Oh, oh my God. I think the biggest thing is find like-minded people. Cut off any friends that you feel like are pushing you down and making you smaller than you are. Also, you know, talk to people about things that matter to you. Don't just stick with the status quo. And yeah, I mean, follow people that you like. You know what I mean? Just like surround people with things. Lean into your interests Mm. and your morals. Yeah, totally love that. I know it's a big question and it's always hard to answer, but what does feminism mean to you now? And I've heard you talk about how it's a lot more, it's changed because it's a bit you know about being inclusive of other people that are part of that so Mm, when mm. you because I know that you're big on feminism what does that mean to you now and and you know what's your focus on that yeah I think my like baby feminist view was like and obviously I still feel this way like autonomy for women and whatever we want to do is okay as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else um but I think now and not that these groups are ever excluded but now I'm trying to really focus in on educating myself and hopefully other people when I get the proper education and and can get platforms to other minorities such as Indigenous Australians and you know other racial minorities and and speaking about different intersections like the LGBTQIA plus community that I am a part of as being bisexual and trying to focus on those elements um, and how we can uplift those elements and and focus on that as well as focusing on the autonomy of individual women. Like it's not that I'm discarding either one of those. It's that I think that I want to broaden my understanding because I understand the first definition, but the second definition, you know, still need to learn and grow in that area. Yeah. No, I love that. And it's so important what you're doing. Thank you so much for your time, Abby. So appreciate it. I know you've got a lot on, so we really appreciate it. And we love having you on because we love you, babe. <laughs> Thanks for having me, babe. You have to come on my podcast sometime. Oh, I would That'd be love fun. To. That'd be so much fun. Let's do that. 
That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club. Now, the most helpful way you can support us is to subscribe or follow on your podcast app if you haven't already. Also, select automatic downloads and leave us a five-star rating. And if you enjoy listening to our episodes, please write us a kind review. This all really helps other people find us so we can keep making the Self Love Club and share the link with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Self Love Club Podcast to keep up with our content and videos from our episodes. I'm at Belle Crawford, Belle underscore Crawford on TikTok, where I post multiple times a day. And join our private Facebook group. Details for all of these with links in the show notes. New episodes are released on Mondays from 5 a.m. New Zealand time. I'll catch you soon. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.